Hey friends, so today we have a fun little nugget. Uh, one of our listeners called us, messaged us, and said, hey, what do you think about this? Which, super fun. I mean, nothing's better than when you guys say, hey, what do you think about this? Because I cherish nothing more than somebody wanting my opinion. Uh, however, I am really excited about this topic because I think it's interesting and one that I haven't given a ton of thought. And so today we're going to talk about it. And it is the idea of neutering, spaying, and otherwise steering, fixing, desexualizing your animal. So that's the topic for today. Join us if you're interested. Even if you're not, I think you're going to be interested. Hey, friends! Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith and farming and we're eager to teach you what we've learned everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle we're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too all right drew so callie messaged me and she said hey what do you think about this because you got i mean i find it i've always found it pretty interesting like depending on the animal it's different like You've got steering, banding, yeah. neutering, um, spaying. The general sexuality of animals is sort of taken without really much consideration. And I mean, at least so far for me. And I think, you know, there is maybe a little bit of this indoctrination from SPC commercials and yeah, Our Sarah McLaughlin Our- songs. Like you just. Sarah McLaughlin? Oh, yeah, with the animals. And ah. they're not. They're not being spayed and neutered and they're being abused and they're at the SBCA. Which is interesting. So they're being abused because they aren't being spayed and neutered or because they are being spayed and neutered? I think the general idea is that if you mismanage your animals, then they will suffer because they won't have food and they'll starve to death and they'll live on the streets. Yeah. Which, you know, all of that, you know, I, I think there's too many cats and Maybe Especially in Jerusalem. That. Well, so that was the interesting thing. So the friend who wrote is living in Jerusalem and they just got a new puppy. And, you know, it's coming up on the time where you would neuter that dog. Right. Or spay. Um, and so she was just asking me, like, what do we think about spaying and neutering? And it was the first time I really kind of thought about it because in Israel, the rabbis sort of have reign over a lot of the, the rules and the customs and the culture. And their deeming of spaying and neutering is that it goes against the commandment to be fruitful and multiply, which I'm sure there's arguments about this. I'm sure it's not a one-sided thing. There's never a one-sided. There's usually like a, how many right. how many particular opinions could you have? Anyway, m- my opinion is always what would Abraham do, which Abraham would probably not spay or neuter his cats or dogs. His animals, though, I think might be the exception to that, like his, his flocks, his herds. I, I don't you know. You think you um, steer his cattle? Well, I, did he have cattle? I don't know. He had sheep, right? Yeah. Do we know? Yeah. yeah. Goats? Goats, anyway, um, I don't know. I guess probably not. So then in that case, you're running a very wild herd. It's such a cultural thing. You know, like when we talk about breeding in general, it's so manipulated by humans. You know, the domestication. Kinds, domestication, yeah. Um, which domestication requires the selection of the genetics you like, which requires you to remove 
the ones that you don't want to reproduce. So essentially, if they didn't want them to reproduce, they probably would have just called them. Called them, which could have been steering or it could have been killing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it depends on. Like, imagine if you had a litter of puppies and you like the traits of one of them, you would neuter the other ones. Well, no, but I'm saying, what would Abraham do? He wouldn't neuter them, potentially. So he how probably, would he maintain... I, I like to believe that he didn't have any dogs or cats as pets. <laughs> what? <laughs> why not? Then how did he protect because the animals from the lions? Because why would you have any dogs or cats in your tent? Because lions. Maybe he had an outdoor. in his tent. An out of the tent dog. We have dogs not in our tent. That's true. And one of them is neutered and one of them is not. Yeah. Anyway. I, okay. So, and the one that we neutered was specifically because he had a condition that we were like, okay, we can't breed this dog. Not that we're yeah, in so, the dog breeding realm, but that was just like, we knew we couldn't. So we selected way. for those genetics, essentially deselected those genetics by neutering right. them. And what's the alternative? Killing neutering. them. That's it. That's the only choice. I feel like it is. I mean, unless you just don't let them breed. So if you go to like our cattle herd, I'm a big fan of not steering any of the cattle. Like I, we've done that. I really don't want to, but we ran into the problem of we we had like four, was it four, three bulls that could not decide who was in charge. But now we have like this head bull that like nobody stands a chance against them. So there's order. And we do have, we have more than one, more than one bull out there now. We have two. Right now, and then babies and some babies, yeah. Yeah. Which I wonder as they grow, will they ever? I guess they will in nature, they do eventually start to like try to fight to be the head honcho, but right, which like they don't stand a chance against Seamus for like years and years, yeah, yeah, for a while, yeah, until he's older. And then I guess we just let nature play it out, which in the end, isn't that how you develop a stronger variety? So we've been breeding for you know. And I think about this with honeybees, too. We've talked about this actually a good amount with honeybees, because with honeybees... Are you going to talk about how you neuter honeybees? <laughs> <laughs> no. Stay tuned to the end, and we'll tell you how. <laughs> <laughs> it's top secret. Um, no. Well, I mean, one of the things that we've talked about with honeybees is that, you know, we there's a lot of breeding efforts to get a really docile queen so that you have a docile hive, so that your hive is, uh, you know friendly or not as likely to sting you. Right. Um, But when you breed out the qualities that make a female or any animal stronger, more vital, you breed out that strength, that resilience. The vitality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we saw that case in point with our sheep. Like we continue to select the genetics of our sheep for vitality, for vitality and wildness until they literally became wild animals on our farm. It was like (laughs) going to the zoo. Yeah. Um, But you know, if we had the right setup, it could have been amazing. It could have been. But it was not. We weren't prepared for it because what you need when you don't have a sheepdog or a, or a four-wheeler to herd animals is much different if they're wild. Like, you can't just lure them with grain. They don't come. Yeah. Um, but they were super strong. They didn't need wormed. They had babies on their own. They didn't need their hose trimmed. They didn't need their hose trimmed. Yeah, which is all, that's what we wanted. We wanted self-sufficiency. We just needed to stop somewhere about three quarters of the way instead of <laughs> where we went to. That's so funny. Yeah, they were wild, wild animals. Um, so, yeah, it just is, it gave me something to ponder. And then she sent me this really interesting article because in Israel they had decided that they were not going to neuter these cats. They were not going to spay and neuter these cats because there's a ton of cats everywhere. Which in my thought, I'm like, you know, I'd rather have cats than rats. So 
Right. You know, it's way harder to neuter rats. <laughs> True. Um, so they don't they don't normally neuter them, but they did have like set up a program and agreed that they were going to do it. Well, they did it and an immediate there was an immediate lowering in the cat population. But over time, they actually saw that the population bounced back, even though all these cats had been neutered. Didn't you say neutered. it bounced back stronger? Stronger. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the cats that had not been spayed or neutered started to feel threatened is what they've surmised. And that they started doubling down on their production. And so the cat population came back full force, which I think is just fascinating. Because if you think about it, I was thinking about this last night. Because we started watching that 1883 show, which I'm not recommending. We just watched one episode. I'm really not sure if I'm in. But it was, I was just thinking about how empty the United States was in 1883. You said something about that, like how, you know, you would, you'd be in the middle of nowhere all the time in 1883. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's yeah. like, that's only 150 years ago. I mean, it's really not that long ago. And now you think about the density of population and some of the city areas. I mean, there's still a lot of rural. I'm not, you know, worried about reaching max capacity, like. You know, some people might be. Yeah. Um, I think there's space and abundance for the human population. Right. However, it is interesting. Like, will we slow down naturally? And I don't even like, you know, I think the struggle with fertility is a little bit, it's hard because I see so many things playing on that, you know, in terms of toxicity and chemicals. But isn't that a creation of our own species? Like, yeah. Are we creating our own suppression of like uh, abundance? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in like holistic management, we learn about that with like animals and insect species and things like that. Like they will reach a max capacity, like the carrying capacity of where they are. But usually it's not self-inflicted like stupidity. Well, it kind of is because like it'll be like a a mazillion grasshoppers land on a field Uh and they eat the grass, reproduce, and then all of a sudden all the grass is gone. So like half of them die and the other half fly off or whatever. Right. Like they, the stupidity is that they <laughs> ate all the grass and reproduced, you know, like it's essentially like human beings are that organism and we're just happen to be on the entire world and yeah. we're doing the same thing. Basically. I see, I see avenues we could go down that I'm not <laughs> sure I'm prepared to talk about live uh, for our, for our audience, but and maybe behind closed doors, we'll have these conversations. <laughs> Um, and maybe you guys can too, because this is, I think, a topic worth investigating. I don't know. I, I, is there a different way to manage your animals? And is it something that we should consider in all animals? You know, I think with a domestic animal, it's different. Like, because you have one domestic animal, unless you, you know, are going to have like a whole herd of dogs. I mean, we do have friends that have a herd of dogs, but they have a breeding program, so they know what they're doing. Um, yeah. And I, I just am curious, like if you have a home dog, like you're watching that dog and unless it escapes, it's not going to be breeding outside of your jurisdiction. Right. But um, for those of us who have farm animals, how are we how are we navigating that with our farm animals? Well, I think like from a health standpoint, I think that, you know, as soon as you remove the sexual organ, I don't know the statistics, but I'm going to postulate that there's a lot of like problems that happen. Like, you know, for one, like when you steer a bull, like their overall drive goes way down. Oh, sure. And like, is that a good thing? Like, have we stopped to say like, what are the health benefits? Uh, Yeah. You know, and I know people. Even for eating animals that have been neutered. Right. Wow. And people will swear. So I just want to point out that before we started this conversation, Drew's like, we're not going to be able to talk about this for very long. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm not sure <laughs> we're even drawing to a close. Well, with the like, and I know people will swear by like, you can't eat, and I've never tasted it for obvious reasons, but like pig meat that hasn't been um, neutered. What do you call it when you neuter, neuter a, a pig? pig? There's a, I don't know. There's a name for it. But um, in the same for you like. You can't eat pig meat that hasn't been neutered. Like a male. Yeah. A male. Like Does a, it taste bad? Apparently. Yeah. I would think that goat would taste bad. I was going to say, and that was the next one is goat and sheep. People swear. But, but is it just our mouths have like become our palates, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know we've had sheep that have not been. What's that one? Weathered. Oh, right. You know, so like. And we've eaten them. And we've eaten them. Yeah. Mm. Because to me, it's like it. Like the Lord didn't create animals to lose their nuts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to put it like. <laughs> well, as, yeah. In farming terms, you know, like, I mean, why? Well, we do know the implications on humans, like women in particular, if you get that, there are there are risks and there are uh, things you have to watch for. There's hormonal implications. Yeah. There's like different things that, you know, can go wrong. Diseases right. that can pop so up. So why is it that we assume that's not happening with animals? And maybe it's just my own. Assumption. Oh, no. I mean, now that we're having this conversation, I'm not, now going to assume that it actually is. It's, yeah, we need to consider, like, we need to eat intact animals. And is that not impacting our fertility? Like, because imagine the hormone levels are quite different. And so you're eating that, you know. Or not eating. Or Well, or not eating. Exactly. Huh. Man. That's a good question. Right. We're going to have to have a part two where we do the research and come back. <laughs> where we do the research. Uh, I, I mean, and then you have like the emotional and <laughs> physical or spiritual implications of all that too, which I mean, kind of goes back to maybe there's more to the rabbinic. Well, in my initial, process. my initial response was, and I, you know, I appreciate the rabbis and I love talking and questioning and, you know, going back and forth. I think this is a, where the beauty happens. But my initial reaction was, the rules, the mitzvot in the scriptures are intended for humans. They're not, it's not written for, for animals. It's not, animals are not required to obey Shabbats or Sabbath. They're not required to eat any specific thing. I know. agree. I agree with that, but I would argue that the animals aren't neutering themselves. <laughs> well, no. I so as soon as a man comes into it, or <laughs> right. a man or a woman, a human comes into it, yeah. then the law applies to them. Mm-hmm. If it requires human intervention, right? Yeah. If they're out there, neuter- so then if a cat has like its own, well, here's what I'll clinic. tell you though: if there's going to be a disaster with an animal, it's going to happen on the Sabbath day, right? So then what? What do you mean? Well, I'm just saying, like the impact that the animals have on us is completely of their own design. Yeah. So to what end do we have a responsibility of like upholding the the stipulations that we adhere to to them? Yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting because like, again, like we've talked about like kosher, eating kosher, like we don't apply that to like our dog. We don't ask him to eat kosher. And, and yeah, and we're giving other. him his food. Right. Which yeah. I will point out, though, we rarely buy pork based products just because. We don't have them. I but mean, then you do run into like vegans and vegetarians. That's true. Bless their hearts. That they don't will, let their animals Yeah, will feed their dogs like vegetarian right. or vegan. Which is like really going down a rabbit hole. Like, Well, but, for yeah. religious reasons too. Sure. I mean, it, it, 
Hindu. Is that why the Hindu people don't feed their dogs? I don't think it's all Hindu people. Yeah. I don't know. That's a complete and utter speculation. I just know one specific example. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know. Going all the way back to spaying and neutering, I, I don't like the idea of it. I do know, like, I also don't like the idea of, like, our Great Pyrenees that's out in the past year. Like, if she were to get pregnant with a dog that I didn't want her to get pregnant from, you know, now we have right. puppies that are, like, of no use to us. We did. We had a rogue. Uh, what was it? A husky? Or- I think we're in the clear on that one, thankfully. Yeah, I think we are. But... Like if if she would have gotten pregnant with a husky, we'd have a livestock guardian breed that it is useless. Useless. Yeah. And now we have to make the decision: do and we put those I puppies hear down? Sarah McLaughlin in my mind. Right. Neuter your dog. That's not. I don't remember what this song was, but she's more like neuter your dog. That commercial is probably still in yeah. circulation. Anyway. Okay. Uh yeah. So I'm curious what you guys think about this. I'm I'm curious. You know, where do you weigh in? I think for some, it's going to be really straightforward. Yes, do it. Like, yes, that's how we've been doing it. Yes. But I know we're here to say, but we've been saying you shouldn't do things this way in a lot of different places of our farming and agricultural lives. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just curious. Where do y'all land? Thanks for listening. Callie, thank you for the question. If you guys have questions that we can, uh, you know, hash out in this similar fashion let us do it we are enjoying ourselves doing it and we are enjoying sharing it with you yeah you can find us on all the social medias at the schoolhouse life and uh or you can go at the schoolhouselife.com and share this post with someone who you think will massively disagree probably any vet (laughs) 